seconds left. Hardy with six. Hardy on Brown. Hardy with three. With two. Hardy reverse slam is gone. 1.2 left. St. John's 12 with 14 from the field in this second half. Hans again. Also in the ball game. Champagne, you're kidding me! Another three for Julian Champagne. You are now listening to the Eye of the Storm podcast. What's going on, Johnny Nation? Welcome to episode 34 of the Eye of the Storm podcast. My name is David Barov, and just when you thought that St. John's was turning the corner, just when you thought that St. John's could possibly be turning the page to a new chapter of the season, fresh off of that monster win on the road against number six UConn, it was St. John's coming to the Garden. The first Garden game of the year, the fans were excited. The biggest crowd for a St. John's game at Madison Square Garden since 2018. The most students, over 1,600 at a St. John's game at Madison Square Garden for an opponent not named Duke or Syracuse. It was right there. It was right there for the taking to put three games in a row and really, really get this season back on track. But St. John's would not only falter, they would trip, they would turn over, and they would put up the lowest amount of points in a home league game since scoring 47 in a loss to Pittsburgh on February 24th, 2013. Friday night inside Madison Square Garden, St. John simply could not find their offense as Villanova takes the game 57-49, sweeping the season series, improving to 10-10 on the year, 4-5 in the conference, while St. John's drops to 13-7, 3-6 in the conference. I'll start by saying this. I was really excited for this game. I know a lot of St. John's fans were really excited for this game, and the stars really aligned for this one. You're coming off that big UConn win. You got a few days off, so the hype starts to build. Friday night, Madison Square Garden, your first Garden game. Lots of tickets are being sold. The students are amped on campus. I had people all week telling me that people who don't talk about St. John's normally or students who normally don't go to games were coming to this game. There was buzz. It was legitimate from students to casual fans to people that were just looking to do something on Friday night. This was such a selling point for St. John's. It was an event. You had recruits coming to the game. You had family members coming to the game. You had former players coming to the game. Everybody who was game. Heck, Mike Francesa was at the game. Friday night in New York City offers a lot of options for people to do whatever they want. Anything you could think of, you can do in New York City on a Friday night. And 14,000 people chose to be at Madison Square Garden to watch St. John's take on Nova. And so when St. John squanders the opportunity to perform well, to not only help their season, to not only make a statement in New York in front of that many people, to make a statement to Madison Square Garden, to their fan base, to themselves, it's really puzzling when you sit here and wonder what in the world happened and how could a team that just knocked off UConn a few days ago on the road not even muster 50 points on their own home court. But there are answers for it. It all starts with one man, and it starts with Mike Anderson, because Mike Anderson clearly did not have this team ready to play last night, and that is downright inexcusable, unacceptable, and flat-out embarrassing as a St. John's fan. 
Not when you had that much hype going into the game. Not when you had that opportunity to play against a weak Villanova team. Their own fans admitted their fans were calling for Kyle Neptune to be fired a few games into the season. They thought they made a big mistake. And instead, St. John's plays Villanova twice, loses to Villanova twice after getting embarrassed in the first game. And now you don't even score 50 points in Madison Square Garden in front of the biggest crowd you have had since 2018. It all starts at the top. Mike Anderson, if you're going to get credit with that UConn win, then the buck stops with you and you get absolutely the blame for that Villanova loss on Friday night. And Mike Anderson, who went into his post-game press conference and said that the guys simply didn't make shots. Yeah, yeah, you're right. St. John's didn't make shots. Their players did not really play well. You could look at a lot of different guys on Friday night and point to things that they did wrong. But as the head coach of this team, again, Mike Anderson did not take accountability for himself. Joel Soriano was up there and saying that he didn't do enough and that he didn't play well enough. And frankly, Joel Soriano was absolutely not the issue. 14 points, 16 rebounds in 29 minutes, especially after getting completely rolled on the first play of the game by Eric Dixon. He was not the issue. If we want to point fingers, we can point fingers at a lot of people. It definitely wasn't Joel Soriano, but Joel Soriano is the one sitting at the dais after the game talking to the media and taking the brunt of it. He's the one accepting blame for it. Much like that five-game losing streak that St. John's had, it took a long time before Mike Anderson sat up there talking to the media and took accountability for the losing. We saw TJ Cleveland do that after games. I personally have a hard time when the head coach allows his players or assistant coaches to keep taking accountability and the blame for the losses. And yes, the players are the ones on the court. They have to execute. We understand that. The coach can't score the ball. The assistants can't score the ball for the kids. But you know what? It is the head coach's job to make sure that these players are coached. They are given proper direction. Half-court sets are instituted and practiced. Guys are up for games at Madison Square Garden. There's no excuses. Bad habits are worked on and kinks are ironed out in August in the Dominican Republic in games that do not matter so that we're not talking about bad shots being taken at Madison Square Garden in January. That's on the coach. That's when all that needs to get ironed out. That non-conference schedule that you went through like a hot knife through butter, that's when all of that needs to get ironed out because why are we talking about the same stupid mistakes in January that we were talking about in November? It is frustrating beyond belief, and we are talking about problems over and over again, and you're sitting here as a St. John's fan just clinging to hope, and perhaps very foolishly, which I was reminded of last night, that St. John's simply is not going to turn the corner when it has the chance, because every time it gets close, something seemingly happens, and it started with Joel Soriano dropping on the first play of the game. Luckily, he would be okay, but my goodness, did you not sit there with your hands on your head? I was ready to cry. Joel Soriano writhing in pain as St. John's would be collectively holding their breath to watch the big man get up. But I will get to that in a moment as St. John's did indeed lose to Villanova 57-49 in an absolutely pathetic, embarrassing, no-show offensive display at Madison Square Garden in front of 14,000 fans. Not much positive to say when St. John's only scores 28 points in the first half and follows that up by an absolutely dismal 21 points in the second half. You know, the, the reason why all of this is so difficult to swallow is that St. John's offense hasn't been the issue all season. It's been the defense that we have been scratching our heads wondering where the heck it's been all year. 
until that Butler game and the UConn win, we were wondering all year where the defense was. Absolutely horrendous efforts on defense. You were giving up three pointers to every single team under the sun, and St. John's was not playing any defense. This 40 minutes of hell nonsense was absolutely non existent, but we didn't have to worry about scoring the ball. So that's why it was absolutely puzzling when St. John's couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat on Friday night at Madison Square Garden. The first play of the game would set a really ominous tone and perhaps would be the telling sign for the rest of the game as a pass from Joel Soriano led to a scrum and Eric Dixon, who was 6'8", 255, fell on the back of Joel Soriano's leg, bending it backwards. He would roll over in pain for a while and check out of the game for a few minutes. Now, thankfully, he did come back, but man, this was a horrible pass by Posh Alexander. He went a little too low. It was a bounce pass that was a bit out of reach. Joel had to reach for it and he couldn't make a clean catch on it and so chaos ensued and this would simply be the foreshadowing for the rest of the game and what was to come for st john's as turnovers would plague the entire first half and the second half for not only st john's but actually villanova as well which was incredibly uncharacteristic of them but the really bad pass by posh alexander that led to the turnover which would then subsequently lead to villanova hitting a three would simply be a sign of what's to come During the five-game losing streak, we talked a lot about St. John's being unable to handle adversity. Every time they would get punched in the mouth by one of these teams that went on a big run, St. John's had no idea how to stop the bleeding, and they would crumble. Whether it was the staff not calling a timeout, whether it was Mike Anderson not calling a play, whether it was the guys simply unable to make a shot when it counted to counterpunch another team, St. John's had a lot of trouble, whether it's mental toughness, whether it's guys just not tightening the bootstraps and making a play when it needed. St. John's could not handle adversity. And on Friday night, St. John's experienced a different type of adversity. They were unable to score the ball. And so what do you do when you're unable to score the ball? Especially when you're a team that is used to scoring the ball and scoring 80 points per game. You get really frustrated and frustration leads to really stupid, stupid basketball. And when you have a team that is already undisciplined, when you have a team that turns the ball over a lot as is, when you are not able to compensate for those mistakes with high-powered offense, that's basically the recipe for disaster in front of a home crowd that was just dying to watch a win. And the worst part of it all is that St. John's really had such a big opportunity here. You got the Butler win. You got the UConn win. You're kind of riding high. On the opposite end of the spectrum is Villanova, who just had a squeaky win against Georgetown, lost to Butler, DePaul, and Xavier, did beat Georgetown before that, and suffered losses to UConn and Marquette before that. This was a team that was reeling. You had such a big opportunity here, such a a viable chance to win and extend your winning streak to three. You had a real chance to go to four and five in the conference and really be in the middle of the pack there the rest of the way. Instead, now you have two losses to Villanova, and that's really crazy considering you just knocked off the number six team in the country on the road. Like I said, the name of the game was Frustrated Basketball. St. John's could not score. They were frustrated. They were completely stifled. They had no idea how to put the ball in the hoop, and that led to bad decisions all game, and it started right from the get-go. It started with the Posh Alexander turnover to Joel Soriano on the first play of the game, and what you would see throughout the rest of the game were issues that plagued St. John's in their five-game losing streak. Bad shot selection, 
early shots in the shot clock, turnovers, 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 and you compounded problems. Now, the issue here is that Villanova was missing so many shots early on. They were one of seven from the floor in the first four minutes, but St. John's could not make any shots of their own. David Jones has been an absolute shell of himself. This is not the player that was at DePaul. Heck, this is not even the same player that we saw in the non-conference schedule. David Jones continuously turned the ball over in this game early on, three turnovers. He goes into triple coverage, takes a shot even if it goes in you're absolutely mind-boggled at why he's making these bad stupid decisions david jones is one of the most emotional players i've ever seen this guy when he is on he's in the game he's he's engaged but he is the prototypical guy that if he doesn't have the ball and he's not scoring he checks out completely he had three turnovers in the first five minutes Posh Alexander then airballs the ball. It was so many issues that St. John's was having that seven minutes into the game, the score was six to three. I thought St. John's did a really good job early on of speeding Villanova up and making them uncomfortable. They had four turnovers in the first five minutes, and that was one of the big keys of the game is are you able to take a team like Villanova who only turns the ball over 10 times per game and force them into being uncomfortable and turning the ball over? And they did that. The problem is is that when you can't score the ball, you're not making them pay for their mistakes. There was nine total points scored in the first seven minutes of the game. You know how they talk about setting the game back? This game on offense set the game of basketball back 20 years. Again, it's really weird when we're talking about a St. John's team that can't score. The issue all year has been defense. So now where in the world did this come from? And again, All of it kind of goes back to coaching. It all goes back to not having that half-court offense. We haven't seen it in four years. When times get tough, St. John's has proven that they can't get the easy basket. How many times have we had late-game situations where St. John's is unable to put the ball in the hole? How many times has St. John's turned the ball over with 15 seconds left in a half or left in the game? We've seen it over and over again over the years. Where is the half-court offense? Where are the plays? Where are all those cuts that we saw against UConn? Where was the plan? Where was the answer to Villanova packing the paint and not letting you get good looks at those layups? Yes, they missed layups. Yes, you were missing easy bunnies, whether it was Posh Alexander or Andre Corbello throwing the ball off the backboard. Fine. So then why weren't you funneling the ball inside, working on some picks, and getting AJ Store, Rafael Pinzon, David Jones, or any of your shooters, Dylan Adaiwusu, open for three? Dylan Adaiwusu hit two three-pointers in the first half. St. John's would only hit one more three the rest of the way. Mike Anderson has very clearly and unfortunately not done a good enough job of evaluating the skill set of each of his players on his roster and catering his offense to make sure that those skills are amplified and putting the team in the best position to win. There is no excuse for St. John's not to have an abundance amount of plays with the type of playmakers that they have. Whether you have Rafael Pinzon in his shooting, AJ Storr, who is one of the best three-point shooters in the Big East on top of his size and the ability to get to the rim, Posh Alexander's relentless effort to get to the rim, Andre Corbello's craftiness, Joel Soriano's absolute dominant season in the paint, and overall, St. John's has not been able to put together a half-court offense to save their life this year, last year, the year before that, and now St. John's is looking at being a bottom-of-the-barrel team in the Big East again, and we're talking about wasting another season. That falls on Mike Anderson, first and foremost, period stop the buck stops with you St. John scored 28 points in the first half 
Villanova also scored 28 points in the first half. If I told you that St. John's would only allow 57 points in the entire game to Villanova, you would think that St. John's blew them out by 25 points. How do you score 49 points at home? I'll tell you, you only make 18 shots the entire game. You shoot 32% for the game. You only make three three three-pointers for the game. 25% from three. You turn the damn ball over 17 times. Sloppy, frustrated basketball that led to you playing wild, carelessly, and losing the game on your home court, scoring 49 freaking points. It's all fun and games in the moment to talking about how great Andre Corbello's hustle is, jumping over Jim Spinarkle and Tim Brando at the announcer's table, jumping into a fan's hands, hugging him, giving a kiss, rubbing his head. But you know what's not fun? Talking about Andre Corbello's four turnovers, careless, stupid passes all throughout the game, bounce passes to Joel Soriano, forcing them, unbelievably dumb plays. What is is this offense right now Andre Carbello has taken way too many risks and for how good he has been and for how excited he can be the turnovers and the absolute lackadaisical approach to this offense at times has been unbearable to watch you have to be better than that Andre Carbello is a junior point guard coming from Illinois You have to be better. You have to be a leader on the floor, a floor general. That's what the point guard is. Andre Corbello is absolutely not that. He is careless with the ball. He is taking way too many risks. It's unacceptable. This all goes back to coaching. You have to rein these players in. Players have to face consequences when they play out of control. And you can't do this in January. You can't do this in December. This goes back to August and September and October. It's 28 to 28 at halftime. Eric Dixon does not have a field goal. Joel Soriano does not have a field goal. St. John's shot 31% in the first half. Two of seven from three. Both were by Dylan Adaiwusu, like I mentioned, but St. John's turned the ball over nine freaking times. Villanova, not much better, 35%, but the difference, they had seven makes from three. They had 19 turnovers together, St. John's and Villanova did. No team led by more than three points. And so you're sitting there, all right, let's regroup at halftime. What are we going to do? They're packing the paint, Villanova is. They're not letting Joel get too many clean looks, but you know that's how you have to play. So maybe we'll play inside out. Maybe early on you start feeding Joel the ball, and if they do collapse on him, let's kick the ball out, right? You'll have AJ Store, you'll have Dylan Adaiwusu, we'll take some shots. Joel Soriano comes out of the break and scores the first four points of the second half. St. John's takes a 32-28 lead. All right, great. A little bit of momentum. And you can see Joel starts to clap. He's like, let's go. He tries to get the crowd involved. Kyle Neptu gets called for a technical foul. And this is where you start to think, all right, time to get momentum. It's 33 to 30. They're starting to crack. They're starting to whittle away. Can St. John's pull away? And the answer would be no, because St. John's would revert back to stupid decisions, horrible shot selection, and revert back to the mistakes that were plaguing them, not only in the first half, but also all throughout their five-game losing streak. Those bad shot selections, those forced one-on-one garbage plays, transition threes, and early in the shot clock, it all came running back. And that's how you don't take advantage of Villanova mistakes. You let a team hang around. Andre Corbello forced a pass to Joel Soriano, which was turned over. David Jones then airballs a transition three early in the shot clock. 
just stupid basketball. These are essentially back-to-back turnovers. It was the same issue as the first half. Villanova was allowing St. John's to take the game. Here, take it. Go get a lead. Villanova kept missing shots. One-and-done opportunities. But St. John's simply could not make a shot. They didn't run any sets. And they couldn't get any easy looks. It was 39-35 to with 7 minutes played already in the second half. So yes, the offense in this game was absolutely non-existent. David Jones makes a layup. St. John's gets a stop on the other end. And then Jones tries to go one-on-one and misses a layup. St. John's gets another stop on the other end. Again, defense was not a problem in this game for St. John's. Villanova was not making any shots either. After immediate timeout, St. John's would turn the ball over on a really bad pass by Omar Stanley. St. John's forces another stop on the other way. Andre Carbella goes coast to coast and extends St. John's lead 41 to 35. All right, here we go. A smidge of momentum, even though you're not really scoring the ball, but you're up by six. 10.57 left to go. The Johnnies get Villanova to miss again, but Posh misses a layup on the corner of the rim. These are the moments where you look back and you say, all right, you could swing momentum. All right, you make a six-point game, an eight-point game. You make it a 10-point game, but you miss and you go the other way. Brandon Slater gets an and one. These are the moments that just fall through your hands. Raphael Pinzon, just like David Jones, would take a quick open three early in the shot clock that would miss. Villanova kept missing the ball as well, but St. John's just looked really uncomfortable. They looked rushed and hurried. They were never able to compose themselves. A lot of that falls on the guards. That's on Posh Alexander. That's on Andre Curbelo for not slowing things down and getting them into their offense. But again, the game was there for the taking. AJ Store hits a three to make it 44-38. The crowd finally got into it. There was eight minutes left in the game. Eight minutes left in the game. 44-38. St. John's would score five points the rest of the game. How? You can't luck your way to the free throw line. You can't get fouled. But you made everything so much more difficult for yourself because of frustrated, stupid, bad hero basketball. Shortly after AJ made that three, David Jones would pull up from the A in the Madison Square Garden sticker right in front of Mike Anderson and clanked it off the back of the backboard with 17 seconds in the shot clock. You could see TJ Cleveland stomp his feet in disgust at the shot. It was 46-42 to 42 when Villanova shot an air ball. St. John's had so many chances to pull away. Villanova was asking you to win this game by 15 to 20 points. But Posh Alexander would do one of his spinning layups that would miss. Brandon Slater would go the other way for an and one. Back-to-back issues when AJ Store missed a layup and Andre Curbelo got called for a travel. Eric Dixon would go the other way, hit a layup, and give Villanova the 46-45 lead with 432 left in the game. That's 91 points scored in the entire game with four and a half minutes left. Villanova would lead 47-46 to at around this time. It was eight fouls to three in favor of Nova. St. John's was in the midst of a four-minute and 55 scoreless drought when Andre Curbelo would turn the ball over again, forcing it to Joel Soriano that was stolen by Villanova. It wasn't until a Joel Soriano slam dunk with one minute and 21 seconds left in the game to make it 51-48 that that scoreless streak would break. Another insane play shortly thereafter, Andre Curbelo drove to the basket and then jumped up in the air, turned around, and threw the ball behind him to AJ Store, who was lucky to corral the ball, but this was just another careless insane play by Andre Curbelo. St. John's would eventually lose the game because they simply could not score. That was the name of the game. They could not figure out a way to put the ball in the basket. 
Joel Soriano, 14 points, 16 rebounds, another double-double. Again, what else is new? He's doing it all. He leads the country in double-doubles. Dylan Adaiwusu had 12 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, but he had 3 turnovers of his own. Andre Curbelo was awful. 6 points, 3 assists, 4 turnovers in 29 minutes. David Jones was a non-factor, 4 points, 5 rebounds, 3 turnovers. Posh Alexander, I thought was awful, didn't play late in the stretch. Four points, four rebounds, three assists, and four turnovers. There was no offensive production, obviously. Rafael Pinzon was scoreless. AJ Storr only scored five points. Omar Stanley had four points. There was nothing. There was no help. And like I've said over and over again, Joel Soriano can't do it all. After the game, Mike Anderson said, I thought our guard play was not good, not up to par. I don't think our forward situation was up to par, to be honest with you. We had layups. If you get layups, what other kind of shots do you want? The bottom line is you have to put the ball in the hole. I agree with you, Mike. I do. That is the name of the game. But if you're not putting your players in the position to succeed, if you don't have a plan B, C, D, and E when plan A doesn't work, that's on you. This was a terrible game by St. John's. This was a terrible game by the coaches. This was an opportunity to move yourself forward and instead, like the Godfather clip where they say, just when you think I was out, they pull me right back in. Well, it's the opposite. Just when they pulled you back in with the UConn win, they push you right back out with a horrendous performance at Madison Square Garden. And now you're going on the road to face Creighton. Good luck. Can you pull off another miracle like you did on the road at UConn? I guess never say never, but 49 points is not going to get it done on the road. It's definitely not going to get it done against sharpshooters like Baylor Shireman, Arthur Kaluma, Ryan Kalkbrenner of Creighton. Good luck. 10 bench points isn't going to get it done. 32% from the field is not going to get it done. 25% from three is not going to get it done. You have to be better. You have to play smarter. You have to be more in control. You have to be more composed. Your junior point guards need to be more in control. Get it together. You gave up 57 points in Madison Square Garden and lost by 8 points. Unacceptable. In a game where you had almost 14,000 people in Madison Square Garden, fans were leaving the game chanting, let's go Nova. Embarrassing. It was the worst performance in a Big East game since 2013 against Pittsburgh. It was their worst scoring game overall since 2017 when they only scored 45 points at Hinkle Fieldhouse against Butler. Embarrassing. Five points in the final 832. How? How does that happen? It's insane. Let's see if St. John's can figure it out before Wednesday when they take on Creighton 9 o'clock CBS Sports Network. You're going to need a whole lot more than 49 points to get it done on the road. It's dollar beer night at Creighton. Those fans will be lubricated. Can St. John's pull off another miracle? Who knows? We'll see. But they're certainly going to have to figure it out and figure it out soon. We will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Eye on the Storm podcast. Go Johnnies!